Lord, we want to have strong homes and a strong community. We want to see an area blessed of Jesus Christ. That we build our homes, our lives upon the solid rock. people that planned and helped put that together. We reached a lot of people yesterday. For a few hours, there was a continual flow of people that would come and bring their kids through and eat those amazing hot dogs. <laughs> Whew. That was good. Yeah, it was a really fun time. Thank you guys for, for coming out and helping. I don't know how many people we had helping, but it, there must have been 50 people out there. That was pretty amazing. So thank you. It takes a team to win. It takes a team to win. I think we have a good-looking team here. I'd like you to, to look at the person next to you and said, you're a good-looking teammate. Not licking, looking. Now, I said to look at each other and say, you're a good-looking teammate, and you guys laughed. It's not, you know, we're going we're gonna to pray that God enhances the looks or something, I don't know. Let's pray. We're going to have some fun here. We're going to do some things. Lord, we invite you here. We ask that you would anoint this word. I pray that you would stretch us this morning. I pray that you'd build us and encourage us. Lord, that we'd leave here inspired, that we'd have fresh faith to receive from you, to move forward in our life. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Hey, you guys are back from vacation. That's right. You were out in the uh, Yellowstone, and well, you were through the whole United States, I think. Uh you know, that was cool to see the pictures. Really fun. Um, yeah, God is good. Is God good, Scott? Is he good? Anyone else? God is good. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Numbers 13. I'm going to hit this real quick, and then we're going to jump over to Joshua. So Numbers 13... Just for the sake of time, I do want you to turn there. It's important we use our Bibles. Numbers 13. This is an interesting thing. In Numbers 13, we see in the Old Testament, we remember the whole thing with Moses, and they took everybody out of, the, of, of Egypt. We had the plagues. Um, you know, it's amazing how many miracles God did, and then they came out of Egypt with the wealth of the nation, which is amazing. 
they came out with the wealth of the nation. And they came out and God actually touched their bodies that the Bible says there was not one feeble amongst them. I, I, I claim that all the time. I'm only 25, but I, you know, in my, in my old age of 25, I, I claim that scripture. I'm not going to get just all feeble and I'm, I'm going to be in good health. They came out and then they were all excited. They crossed the sea, the Red Sea there. How let me know that that would be a pretty incredible miracle to witness? Aren't people just insane? They're nuts. They see this miracle, and then soon after that, they're denying God. They're building a, a, a golden bowl. Isn't that crazy? You would think if you'd seen one miracle in your life, you'd be set. Well, I remember when God healed my foot. I remember when God did something. I remember. But here, God actually splits the sea. If you could picture that. We're going to go out to Rice Lake later. We're going to have Mike go out there and raise a staff. And the sea splits. And we're going to walk across on dry ground. How many would know if we've seen that? that we would have a pretty good foundation of belief in God. And Mike would probably sell a lot of T-shirts with his face on it. Sea splitter. So these guys, they go through all that, and then they come up to this, this place where they're going to go in and, and spy out this, the land that God had promised them. And they, they go out, and we know the story. They go out. And what do they do? They, they spy out the land. Twelve of them. They go out and they, they spy out the land. And they come back and they give a report. And what was that report? Ten of them gave a what? A negative report. And two of them gave a positive report. And Israel sided with negativity. Negativity is a cancer. Negativity will cause you to wander in your life. A lot of the, well, most of Israel, when they sided with negativity, they wandered for 40 years. How many want to wander? Then you get about, you know... 95 years old, and you look back at your life, and you say, what did I do? And God's like, I told you to do this, but you said no, because it looked too hard. I told you to do this, but you said no, because it looked too hard. I didn't want to. But yet, you see another person, they come to the end of their age, their, 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 of their life at, say, 90-some years old or something, and they look back, very fruitful life, God has promised them. They took a step of faith, and they've seen God come through time after time after time after time. That's you and I. Amen? Amen. So 40 years they were stuck. You can get stuck in a marriage. Neither one wants to make the hard decision to, to make a change. You can get stuck in a bad job where God is telling you to start a business, but you put it off because it looks too hard. We can get stuck in a small building because God's telling us to build a church. Yeah. 
but it looks hard. We're going to do it, and it's going to be better and bigger than we thought. I was in prayer, and I actually, in prayer, sometimes the Lord will show me things. I actually, I, I was in prayer and went into a vision. I was actually giving somebody a tour of the new building, and uh, that was the weirdest thing. But God did that to build some faith in me that this baby's going to happen. And it's not just, just for you and I. It's for you and I. It's for the Lord, but it's actually for the community. We're going to see this baby touch people 100 miles away. Amen? So what report are we going to believe? A negative report? Or are we going to be men and women of faith? Say faith. So the spies go in, they come back, negative report, and, a, and two positive reports. Ten negative reports, two positive reports. They chose to go with the negative, and they were stuck. How many want to be stuck this year? In September, we start a new year in the church. It's a new school year. We call it our new year. And I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck anymore in the past. Amen? What do you want to see this, this next year? As we cross over and get into September, we're going to do the fast because we're going to go for everything that God has for us this year. Not next year, not 20 years from now, but next this in September, this year. Say this year. year. Say this year. year. I'm going to step into my promised land. We're going to do it. Say my marriage is going to get better this year. My finances are going to get better this year. Come on. Say my cell group is going to be two full, so we're going to have to multiply this year. Oh, it's too hard. I'm not listening to any of that. I'm not. I'm not going to listen to any of that. There are things that God has asked us to do as a body, to be an example, to be a light through this whole region. I I believe, not just believe, the Lord has spoken to me about a 50-mile zone and, and when we do our advertising on social media, we put it out there for 50 miles. And we're permeating, we're penetrating the area with the gospel, with the gospel over and over and over. I want it to be so difficult to go to hell if you live in this area. You have to work at it. You have to work at it. People come out of their houses all sweaty and you're like, what's going on, Johnny? Oh, I'm working at going to hell. It's so hard in this community. That's World Harvest Church. Amen? We're making it difficult. I'd like you to go to the book of Joshua. I met someone at the park yesterday that they said that their life was greatly touched They were in jail, and someone said it's not too difficult to go to the jail and witness and to mentor people, so I don't remember what his name was, Ray, but thank you for that. He told me, because you took time with him, he opened his heart up to the gospel. It's not too difficult. We're changing lives. Joshua, go to the book of Joshua. Hopefully, I can get into my notes here. It's going to be a good year. I I can't wait for all the political commercials. 
I can't wait. I've been just waiting. I'm in, oh, Lord, bring them on. I just love that. Whoo, glory. That's so edifying. After listening to political com commercials, you'd think they're all nuts. You know, well, in kindergarten, he stole some peanut butter. Well, in college, it's like, oh, my goodness. But it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. You know, the Bible says that even in famine, you can prosper. That's what it says. I would rather believe that. That even in famine, you can prosper. I'd like you to say, I'm going to prosper this year. Why would you have a negative outlook on life? My marriage is going to get better. My relationships, my finances are going to get better. God is going to do good things in my life this year. Amen? All right, go to the book of Joshua. Joshua 1, I love this book. If you need encouragement, you need to read the book of Joshua. It's so full of miracles, it's crazy. And there's a theme that it says, uh, be of good courage, fear not. Be of good courage, fear not. How many times does it say fear not? What? In Joshua, how many times does it say fear not? <laughs> Which brings up a good point. We have a foundations class where we teach Bible basics. We're going to be... Uh, doing it in um, September. Uh, we're we're going to get out all that info. When does it start? Okay. I'd like everyone to funnel through those things because it's going to be powerful. It says this, Joshua 1. You're, are you there? Open your Bibles. And I would take your wife's lipstick and outline this scripture right here. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' what? <clears throat> His what? His vice president? His junior CEO? No, his assistant. Here it is. He assisted Moses well, and when, time, when the time came, it was time to advance him to the next position. How many know that servanthood is the fastest way to promotion? <clears throat> it's, it's interesting because people try to be spiritual uh, in many mystical ways, but one of the, the, the most powerful ways that I recognize if somebody's truly spiritual is if they're willing to pick up a mop bucket. After cell group, they help pick up. They put chairs away. Before cell group, they get there. They're making sure people are doing well. They're welcoming people. They're being a servant. Amen? I remember years ago, uh, Walter Amundsen. You guys remember him? Uh, Pastor Virgil Amundsen's father. He was an elder here for years. He was a business owner. He had a whole bunch of kids. He was a busy man, a really busy man, but he always went and picked up the disabled people that needed a ride to church, and he got there so early before he picked them up, he'd go to the church, make sure everything was good. He would sweep the sidewalk. 
in the winter. He would shovel it. Here he is, a businessman. And he would serve himself into the glory of God. Amen? That was a spiritual man. But the man also could walk and give you a word of wisdom. He could, he could bring uh, the power of God through his prayers. He was a, a servant of God. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and then it said, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses is what? Just outline that, assistant. Saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Say, arise. That's what he's saying to us this year. He's saying, yesterday is dead. Amen? Yesterday's pain, yesterday's discouragement, yesterday's disappointment, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. How many know that we can drag yesterday into today? But he was making it very clear. That wilderness experience died with Moses. It's dead. You are getting given a new opportunity to take some bold steps this year and to see some things come to pass. Say, Lord, I'm thankful for a new year. All right, it says, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this, go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I am giving them the children of Israel, every place. Just look at your feet real quick. You guys have nice shoes on today. Nice shoes. It says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you. And I said to Moses, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness, and then it goes on and on about them gonna that they're gonna take the land. But it wasn't that they were just gonna take the land. And here's something that I, I don't like when people say they abuse this. They'll say, well if it's God's will, it'll just happen. Well if it's God's will, it'll just happen. Could you fetch me a Coke? Watch watching the news. We need to win our area to Christ, but you know if it's up to God, or I'm sorry, if it's God's will, it'll just happen. No, he wants to mobilize the church to win the region to Christ. Amen? He wants to bless you in your business, but he's not going to bless uh, inactivity. He blesses activity. I remember one time a Christian businessman, he had the largest chain of used cars in Michigan. And um, it was a really dead season. And there was nothing going on. And there they were on a busy area of town, all these cars going everywhere. His lot was dead. Looked around, all the salesmen were just sitting there watching the television, bored stiff. He said, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, get some motion going. He said, well, what do you mean? He said, get some motion going, get some activity going. So he had a whole staff there of mechanics and salesmen he said, get out there and start moving cars around. Walk around the lot all over the place. All you guys, come on, get up, get up, get up, get up, do something. So they started to park cars everywhere, and it looked like a ton of activity, and it started to draw curiosity, and people began to come and test drive cars. Now, you can think that's crazy, but God blesses activity. Amen? 
So he says, anywhere you put your sole of your foot, I'm going to give it to you. I was up in the Ladysmith area, and I was driving my motorcycle. I was being very spiritual. I was with Rick Williams, so you know I was being spiritual. You know, him and I, we were, you know, in the glory riding. And uh, I got off in Ladysmith, and uh, I stopped a quick trip there. We were going to go in and grab a, a Coke or something, and and uh, I got off my motorcycle, and the Lord spoke to me, and He said, I want you to put your hand on the ground. I said, you want me to put my hand on the ground? There's people walking everywhere, you know, uh, you know, cigarette butts laying there. I'm thinking, <laughs> they're going to think I'm, like, getting, you know, cigarette butt, something, lighter up. So I'm, I'm sitting there, get off my motorcycle. The Lord said, I said, put your hand on the ground. So I get down, I put my hand on the ground. As soon as I put my hand on the ground, not before, not, I mean, right as I put my hand on the ground, the voice of the Lord said, um, I'll give you this area. So I don't know what's going to happen in that Ladysmith area, but I believe there's going to be a World Harvest Church planted there in a few years. You watch. God's going to start opening the door. There's going to be some people that are going to grow in interest. They're going to start a cell group, and then pretty soon there will be six or eight cell groups up there, and there will be a church. Just say amen. amen. That's called putting your foot down, taking a step, making a difference. And we're going to do it. The church should not be static. The church should not just sit. The church should be advancing and growing and taking territory. Why? Because we're people of faith. I like this. So then he says, he said, it's going to take some, some effort. It's going to take some things to take this land, Mr. Joshua. Go to, to uh, verse 6. It says, so this is the Lord speaking to him. It says, be, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. So I'd like you to think about the things you want to accomplish this year. What are, the, what are the things that God put in your heart? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to change in some area? Do you want your marriage to be better? Do you, what is that area that you want to conquer? What is that area that the Lord is saying, I want you to take this ground this year? And then I want you to take this scripture to heart. It says, be strong and of good courage. You know, courage is the thing that wins wars. You can meditate on that. In, uh, world, in uh, the uh, colonial war back in the, in the early days, a lot of times when the, the soldiers, when they're fighting Great Britain, uh, they would get very weathered and tired, and they found that if they wrote the different teams of soldiers, the, the, the different troops, if they wrote them encouraging letters, and a lot of times they filled them with Scripture, they, let, they sent them letters of encouragement, and they'd read them to the troops. And here they are, tired, wore out, bleeding, sore, tired. They want to quit. They read a simple letter. Something would inspire them, and they'd say, we can fight for another week. It'd give them courage again. Number seven, it says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from 
it to the right, to, uh, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. That's a good word. Now, let's go to verse 10. Are you there? Okay, I'm going somewhere. So, at this point, um, they were to get themselves ready to make a step and to cross over the Jordan. He had to assemble the people. He had to organize them. And then he said this. It's an interesting thing. He said, sanctify yourself and to prepare to cross over. I'm paraphrasing here. He said, to sanctify yourself, prepare and, and cross over. Sometimes when we're going to try to cross over, we're going to take new territory. The Lord's saying it's important that you sanctify yourself of the old junk. We need to forgive. We need to release some things. We need to forgive ourselves sometimes. I tell you, I've met some people that have made some huge blunders. I've made blunders in my life, but some people are really good at it. Amen? But you can hate yourself and kick yourself for the rest of your life, or you can say, that was then, now I know Jesus, and I'm going to make some better decisions. I'm going to sanctify myself and step over. Amen? Husbands and wives, forgive, release that stuff. Don't bring it into another year. It's time to sanctify your marriage and step over. That's a good word. Man, it's quiet in this revival-based, fiery church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Sanctify yourself and step over, cross over. It's time. The Lord's like, you can wander another 40, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to cross over and to really knock it out of the park this year. Uh, last year, the Packers traded up their quarterback, and a lot of people were nervous about that. Uh, what was his name? Uh, nobody remembers. <laughs> But sometimes it's time to mix it up a little bit. I think in a few weeks, a few months, I think as they get some mojo going, I think that they're going to be unstoppable again. I do. I think it's going to be fun. But they had to mix it up. It was time to make a few changes. Right? It was time to make a few changes. And, and that's what it is. It's time to make a few changes. In your heart, it's time to make a few changes. I'd like you to close your eyes for a moment and just say, Lord, are there some changes that I need to make in my life? Because Why? Because God wants to prosper you. He wants to advance you this year. Signs and wonders and miracles, well, to step into more of those, it's, it's, it's spending time with Jesus, perfecting a, a walk with Him, a relationship with Him. Signs and wonders and miracles is always just a natural byproduct of your relationship with Jesus. There's no mystery there. Okay, let's go down. Chapter 2. This is the story of Rahab. Now, Joshua is getting the people ready. He sends in some spies. This would have made me really nervous if I was Joshua. 
Lord, you want me to send in spies? You remember 40 years ago? We're doing the same thing again. He's checking the Lord. Are you sure? I know you created everything, but are you sure? Yes, send in some spies. It'll be okay. That's what Moses said. He's like, I'm getting older. So he send in, sends in some spies. You know, it's important that you pick the right team. Our team is very important. So these, these spies go in. I think there was two men. Uh, I think he took the two positive this time and kicked out the 10. Are you a positive person? Yes, I'm very positive. You can go in. So they go in. And uh, they spy out the land, and they find that it's it's you know there's some obstacles there, whatever. And then they go and they check out they check out um, the city of what? What? Jericho. Jericho is a fortified city, and on you know just by seeing this, you'd see these huge walls. You see soldiers everywhere. It's a fortified city, and you're two people, and. Uh, you're just coming out of the wilderness, and you're thinking, good Lord, can we conquer this? And it's interesting because these they've already been through all this drill. They've seen what happened if you're negative and don't trust God. But here they're going to they're gonna come with a heart of faith, and they're going to trust the Lord and act like God actually knows what He's doing. So they go, and they spy out this area. They run into Rahab. I don't know why that they found a harlot to work with, but they did. And uh, people see her working with them, and uh, the, the guards find out, and the guards come to check it out, and she hides them up on the roof. And she makes a deal with them. She's going to allow them to escape, but she makes a deal with them that they would protect her when the army comes. Now, this is what, this is what that fortified, hardcore-looking city. Now, look at this. I want you to get this in your heart because sometimes our perspective is not actually the perspective of the devil. We think that we're facing a, a raging lion and the devil is on the other side with a whole different perspective of the battle. He's hoping to convince you that it's too difficult when, in fact, it's already in the hands of God. I hope this is hitting somebody today. We can do things, but it's perspective. It's courage on the inside. Verse 8, now watch this. Now, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord... Now, this is the enemy. Do you guys get this picture? This is the enemy. They're coming there. They're, they're seeing all the swords and the spears and, and the people that are going to kill them. You know, they're going to advance on this city and they're just going to kill them like fleas. And now they're interviewing the enemy and you get into the enemy's head and here's what it says. Now, before they lay down, she came up and said to them on the roof, and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. The Lord's like, start a business. 
It's too hard. You know, the world's against me. It can't work in this area. Start a business. And then you do it, and then you interview somebody in that city, and they're like, oh, we're all waiting on you. We need this so bad. You see the dialogue here? Here's the enemy saying, when we heard that you're coming, we were faint-hearted. We were crippled on the inside. Now, that's a good report to bring back to the camp, don't you think? It's your perspective. Is my marriage too hard to figure out? Well, it is if you have the wrong perspective. But if you trust the Word of God and do what He says, God can heal anything. Amen? He can heal a business. He can heal your life. He can heal a cell group. Say amen. Are you guys okay? Maybe we should... uh, I got some jokes I could tell. They're really good. They are much better than my wife's jokes. Now watch this. Verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10. Well, verse 9. The terror of you has fallen on us. That's a strong enough word right there to make me want to go build a church. We're going we're gonna to win a region to Jesus. The devil is so scared. He said, the terror of you has crippled me. Amen? The Bible says the devils tremble in fear at the name of Jesus. That's a much better perspective. Verse 10, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, and when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, um, it just goes on and he's talking about all the things that they did. So they already heard about the miracles. I have on, on the side of my Bible here written, the necessity of miracles. People need to see the signs and wonders of God. People need to see and hear of the testimonies of the changed lives. Right on the side there, the necessity of miracles, right there by verse 10. It said, we've already heard about the miracles happen in that World Harvest Church. In the cell groups in the Chippewa area, in the, in, in the meetings, in the jail, we've already heard those things. These are the things that are going on in the heavenlies. We think that, the, you know, the, the, the devil is so strong and the, the, the war in the heavenlies is so strong against us. And they're up there going, I hope they don't wake up anymore because we're going to lose territory like crazy. Yeah. And verse 11, it says, And as soon as we'd heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did they remain any more courage in anything because of you. For the Lord, your God, He is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. And it goes on and on and on. That's a pretty good report from the enemy. He's saying, you can kick my tail anytime you want. I just don't want you to know it. I would say amen if I were you. All right. Verse 3, or chapter 3 in Joshua. It says that um, this is where they're going to cross over the Jordan. So he prepares the people. He says, go and sanctify yourself. Get rid of the past. We're going to go in new faith, fresh faith. Say fresh faith. 
Now, I like this. Let's go to 13. And it says here, it says, And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of your feet, of the, when the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters that came down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. Now, that's a pretty cool scene. That's actually in the Bible. That would make some really good, like, sci-fi or something. This, this is quite the picture. So there it is, the Jordan. Before, remember, God told Moses, stretch out, stretch out his staff, and the sea split. And here, they have to, they have to take a real step of faith. They have to walk in the water, the priests, and as they take those steps, as they take those steps, they're walking, and all of a sudden, the things shift, and now he doesn't split the river, he dams it up. And it says, they watched the water heap up. I don't even know what that looks like. It's like a dam without a dam. And then if you read that, it says, and the cities downstream were completely cut off from water. That's a bummer. This was a thing. And they took that step of faith, and they watched that happen, and all of them walked across, and they took all, all their stuff, they went across, and then they had, uh, they had some of the priests go back out, and they grabbed 12 large stones, and they placed it by the bank, and then they let the river come back. And they built a little monument there so they would never forget what God did. And we can go on in the book of Joshua. Immediately after that, they go in. And God gives them a plan. Say a plan. plan. He gives them a plan. And the plans of the Lord make no sense, but they work. What did he do? He said, I want you to walk around this city. What, was they, what were they supposed to do? Just walk. And then later on, what did they do? They walked. Blew their trumpets because that's how you win a city. You, you win by hearing the voice of God and doing what He said. That's how you win. And the Bible says that they went around, and then the last time they blew their horns and all that, the walls began to crumble, and then the people... And, I, and I've heard scientists say, you know, they try to explain all these things. Well, you know, there were so many people in Israel, and the marching weakened the walls... And then when they blew their horns, that was an added vibration, and that caused things to crumble. You know, the truth is, you can walk around this building all day and blow trumpets. It'll never fall. It released, their obedience released the hand of God. It was the hand of God that weakened the walls. Or they could have just went and said, well, if it's God's will, it'll just happen. It took steps of obedience. That's a very powerful book, Joshua. 
So I'd like to hand out something. These are called the Prayer of Three cards. Does anyone have one? Let's go ahead and hand these out real quick. I'd like you to say something. Say, I am going to cross over. Amen. I'm going to cross over. Let's pass those out. The Lord wanted them to take territory. The Lord wanted them to take territory. So God had to move on them. They took steps of faith, but they needed a plan to take the territory. They needed a plan. Say a plan. They needed a plan. Our church has a plan. And when we work the plan well, we see lots of growth. We see a lot of souls get saved. When we work the plan, we see a lot of souls get saved. When we don't work the plan, things get a little static. They just, they're good. But the Lord wants us to bear fruit, to win souls to Jesus. Do you think that's a worthy thing? It is. So God wants to give us a plan. We have a plan. He gave us a plan, but he wants us to work a plan. And that plan is part of our vision. I want to give you a few points here in the, la- in the next couple minutes here. Joshua had to obey and take hard steps, and then they prospered. They came into the fulfillment of what God had put out there for them. And we're going to come into some fulfillment personally and as a church as we take those steps that God has put before us. Just nod your head. You're going to go to the chiropractor. Oh, I've got a sore neck. I was in a fiery meeting and I kept nodding my head for two hours. Vision dictates your actions. If you have a business and you don't have a a vision or a plan for your business, it's not going to advance. You might get lucky from time to time, but over the span of 10, 20 years, it's not going to do well. The Japanese are very organized when it comes to vision and planning. They have a one-year, a five-year plan, and their plans go all the way out a lot of times in big corporations for 50 years. What do they do? They just work their plan. Bad year, doesn't matter. Work our plan. We'll come back next year. They work their plan and they watch They watch success come to them. We have to have a plan. Without a plan, there is no progress. You can write that down. Without a plan, there is no progress. Vision simplifies your life. Proper vision in your life, a vision for your marriage, a vision for your family, a vision for your business, a vision for the church, a vision for your cell group. Proper vision 
removes stress. Stress comes from not knowing what or where you're going. How many have ever felt stress? I don't know what to do. But when you know what to do, it eliminates stress. I've never seen a time in my life. I'm 32 years old. I was at one time. I'm not kidding you. I would say one of the the number one things that I deal with people about, which is fine because God always has a remedy, but more than ever, even very young people, even kids, they say, I don't know how to handle my anxiety. There's a lack of vision and purpose today, and it's killing people. God wants to impregnate us with vision and purpose in our church and in our lives. So vision removes stress. If a young person is raised up and they want to be a doctor and uh, they, they formulate a plan, then what kind of college is he going to go to? It takes all the guesswork out of your life. What type of equipment is he going to buy? A hoist for his garage? It's getting your life in line with your vision. The Bible says this. His, this is a difficult one. It says a fool runs out in many directions. They just try things all the time. They try things. They try things. What are you doing? Oh, I'm trying things. A man that's hired in a company, when he understands that company and he narrows his focus and he works that plan, he'll become very successful. Reinhard Bunke said before he died, he talked to a young man. Here's a man that won 78 million people to Jesus. A young man said, give me just some nugget on success in my life and my walk with God. And Reinhard Bunke said this, he was an old man getting ready to pass away, and he said, young man, one thing, focus. You have to have a plan. You have to have a vision. You have to have goals. We need goals. Well, that doesn't sound spiritual, Pastor Bob. It is spiritual. And when we're a church of 1,000 people or 2,000 people and the whole region is one to Jesus, you'll say, I guess there was some logic to that. T.G. Jake said this, success is intentional. It rarely just happens. I like that. Success is intentional. It rarely just happens. Martin Luther King said this, He said, I have a dream, and he began to paint a picture to that culture of that time. And he said, if we can achieve this, we can change the world. And they did. But it took vision and focus and purpose. You guys okay? You cannot impart vision until you have it yourself. 
If you have a business, you can't impart vision to them if you don't know where you're going. You can't impart vision in a church if you don't know where you're going. You can't impart vision into your cell group if you don't know where you're going. God wants to let us know where we're going and what we're doing. Guys okay? Helen Keller said this, it's a terrible thing to see and have no vision. Blind woman. God's vision for your life is always greater than yourself. If, if what God is telling you to do doesn't make you nervous, you're probably not hearing right. Oh, that's very doable. The devil's like, oh, he heard me. <laughs> no. God's vision for your life is always greater than yourself. If you have a, a business, what, what is it that God is putting in your heart to do this year to stretch things a little bit? It's good to pray about those things. Maybe it's to, train, uh, to, to trim some of the staff and maybe bring in some new talent or uh, have an education pro, uh, process there or, or something. And it's going to help you as you listen to the Lord and you put those things in place. It'll cause you to grow. But vision is important. Um, I have a lot of points here on vision. Let me just give you this, and then I'm going to wrap up my thoughts here. Number one, if we're going to make an impact this year, first of all, we need to start with Jesus first. That thing has to be right. Our walk with God has to be right. And then we can take the next, next step. Number two is self-discipline is important. If we're going to be people that are going to conquer territory, we need to have self-discipline. Right. Now, we're not talking about the love of God. He loves us either way. But if we're going to make a mark this year, there is some self-discipline that we need to learn. Say, say self-discipline is good for me. We need to have willpower. Self-discipline. Get up early and seek the Lord. Number three, write down your mission, your vision, and your goals for this year. What are the things that the Lord is telling you to do this year? Write them down. Begin to pray over those things. Work those things. And then you'll begin to see them fulfilled. Maybe you want to make more money. Maybe, well, I don't know what, what is in your world for this year, but it is possible and it is doable in God. That was quiet. They put melatonin in the coffee. Number three is write down your mission, your vision, and your goals. This is biblical stuff. I want to see everyone here knock it out of the park this year. There are things that have been in your heart for years, and this year God wants to shake things loose and see you conquer and see you overcome some things. So you look back at the end of the school year and you say, yes, I took a step forward. I took a lot of steps forward. It's like a weightlifter. If you don't start sometime, you're not going to shape your physique. Number four, identify the obstacles holding you back. Be realistic. What are the things holding me back? And get a plan. Get education. I mean, take a class. 
I don't know, get counseling, whatever it takes to remove that obstacle from your path, then do it this year. What is it? Identify obstacles that are holding you back. It's time to move forward. Remove obstacles. I'd like you to, to say no excuses this year. That's right. That's right. No excuses. Here's another enemy. So you have excuses and you have distractions. Those are two big tools of the devil. Number five, have wild faith. Attack things with faith, knowing that God can do all things. What can God do? He can do anything. What can God do? He can do anything. With the right plan that He gives me, and as I take a step of faith, He's going to open it up. You watch. And the last is refire. This year, to refire. Don't get stuck in the, in the, the past wanderings. Remember the 40 years in the wilderness? But refire. Refire. We're going to see people one to Christ like never before this year. We're going to see things come together like never before this year. This year. Say this year. This year. That's right. This year. I want to say that again. This year. All right. So the prayer of three. This is something I'd like all of you to fill out. And I'd like you to do that before you leave because everyone... I know how we are. We get busy. We put it in our Bible. We go home, and we forget about it. But I'd like you to put three names of people that need to know Jesus. Just write them down. Write down three people, and then begin to pray for those three people. Make contact with them in the next few weeks. And as you pray for them, the Holy Spirit will start working on them. Now, here's our vision. Our vision in this church is very simple. If you'd put up this first slide... Step one, we want to see people, the first circle is salvation. Then we want to see people water baptized. These are really complicated goals. Then we want to see them Holy Ghost baptized. Then we want to see them in the cell group. If you help someone get saved, water baptized, spirit baptized, and in a cell group, you've accomplished goal number one. I think all of us can get one person saved and discipled this year? Just one. Just one. Can everyone do one? Let's go to the next slide. And this is our, this is our vision here. This is how our strategy. Number two is we're going to take that new convert and we're going to get them in our fundamentals class because it'll get the word in their heart. They'll begin to understand what Jesus did on the cross for them to train them so they know who they are in Jesus. And then they begin to get into our discipleship classes. And, and as they do those things, they grow in their faith. They, become on a, they, they, they are put on a firm foundation. And then we have level two, and those are some of the fun classes we have here, the supernatural school and other ones. But it's very important that we follow the plan that God has. We get in a cell group. We start praying for lost people. We invite them. We take that, that scary step to get into their life, and we see them get saved. Their family gets saved. Their life is completely changed because someone made a difference. 
that's, that's good. All right, we're going to close in prayer. But we're going to get back to the heart of what God has called us to do, the vision of the house. So two things in closing. I want to see you cross over and achieve everything God has for you personally this year. And I want to see the church cross over and achieve everything the Lord has us as a collective church this year. Would you stand with me? And we're going to pray about this. We're going to see this happen. We're going to see this happen. We're going to see this happen. This is good stuff. Say it's time. That's right. That's the message for you today from the Lord. It's time. It's time to cross over. It's so simple. I'd like you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, help me to seize this year as an opportunity to make an impact. All right, now I'm going to pray. Father, we just pray for everyone here, Lord, that you would touch them. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to refill them, to strengthen them. Lord, I pray that their faith would grow. I pray that they would know you intimately, Lord. I pray that we'd impact this region for you like no other time. Lord, I pray that every cell group would multiply and grow. I pray, Lord, that everyone in the church would see people saved around them. Lord, I pray that you would prosper the people. I pray that you would help them in their marriages, God. I pray that you would help them to cross over in these different areas, Lord, that they've been struggling with. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that this is a new year and a new day, and we're going to cross over and take the land that you have before us. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Say it's time. It's time. All right. I'm going to dismiss you guys. I need, I need a, a couple things, though. I can't leave without saying this. I'm going to dismiss you, but I need the young adults to come up here. I felt like the Lord said, I need to pray for you real quick. Can I do that? So we love you. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything else, come forward. Ministry team, just come up. But I want to pray for the young adults real quick as, as uh, we're close. And then... Uh, But God bless you.